0: Thanks for joining us today for The Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. There's something disarming about honesty, isn't there? Personally for me, especially as a kid, I was always tempted to make things look okay. To look innocent i was of course the little sister i vividly recall making a complete mess of the kitchen combining spices into nasty pastes like a little alchemist in her lair when my mom asked later who made this mess my response was what mess oh that's odd i'm not sure what is it and then i wandered off back to my room thinking I'd totally dodged that one. Phew. The only thing was, I was always nervous she'd actually find out, and it made me want to avoid her in general. I may have avoided immediate punishment and the boring work of cleaning up, but I paid for it in relationship and trust. I think that's why I love seeing people admit to their mistakes. I know how much courage it takes to admit the less than finer points about oneself, and I love that opportunity for the one wronged to extend forgiveness, grace, and healing. I have struggled with honesty, but I just love it so, so much. Hey Anchor Daily Peeps, this is Sarah Landon. I hope you enjoyed hearing from my handsome better half, Andy, yesterday while we followed Paul through a dramatic escape from a murderous plot by the Jews. We continue today in Acts 24, 1-21. through as Paul is brought before the Roman governor Felix. If this were an episode of Law and Order, this would be the time when you hear that chung chung sound as they transition from the like car chase to the courtroom. So the scene is basically a courtroom. Paul is the defendant acting as his own lawyer. Felix is the judge and the prosecution is the Jews, including the high priest Ananias, some elders, and their smooth talker, Tertullus. Mr. Flattery, old Tertullus, begins by buttering up the Judge Felix. Since through you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made for this nation. In every way and everywhere, we accept this with all gratitude. But to detain you no further, I beg you in your kindness to hear us briefly. Ugh seriously, this isn't thinly veiled flattery at all. It's just obvious. Tertullus proceeds to accuse Paul of being A a plague. Um okay, let's start with name calling. B stirring up riots among Jews throughout the world. What does this have to do with today's charge? C is a ringleader of a sect of the Nazarenes. Is that illegal exactly? And D, that he tried to profane the temple. He's not even accusing him of profaning the temple, but just trying to, neither of which he actually did. Weak sauce, Tertullus. So now he passes the baton to Paul. He says in verse 8, By examining him yourself, you will be able to find out from him about everything of which we accuse him. And then all the Jews are like, Yeah, that's right, what he just said. I kind of wonder if Paul rolled his eyes. Now a little fun fact about Felix, our judge. There was a historian at that time who wasn't a Christian. His name was Tacitus. He recorded things including people like Felix and even events like the crucifixion. According to this non-believer, Felix was, quote, cruel, licentious, and base. Not a ringing endorsement. So. We'll see how Felix responds to this accusation. But first, Felix gives Paul the official nod. Actually, he literally gives him permission to speak by just nodding. And now it's Paul's turn. He expresses his respect for Felix, and then he presents facts and what can and cannot be proven against him. He gets to the end of his explanation and confesses, Okay, well, I did do this one thing. See, Paul purposefully brought up the resurrection of the dead while at the council because he knew it would throw them into an uproar and divide them. And here he is before Felix trying to get out of trouble, and he's willing to admit even something he did that could possibly be construed as inappropriate. In fact, as part of his defense, he states in verse 16, So I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. His defense is honesty, and it must have felt good for Paul to stand before his accusers with a clean conscience, confident with a strong defense. How does it end? Well, this one is to be continued. You'll have to stick with us a few more days to see how it goes, but in the meantime, we can remember Paul's example of honesty and follow in his footsteps, trying our best to have a clean conscience before God and man, confessing our mistakes, standing on truth, and stepping out in confidence. We can do this because of Jesus, who forgives all of our sins and gives us the will and ability to obey him. Like First Peter 2.12 says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Would you pray with me? Lord, it takes great courage to stand before your accuser and admit wrong, but it gives great courage to be able to stand with a clean conscience in the truth. Jesus, thank you for taking our sins that we can be cleaned. Holy Spirit, strengthen us to live holy lives that the world would glorify your name because of our conduct. Amen. for joining us today listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through god's word if you haven't already subscribed please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you we'd also like a chance to connect further with you if you go to bethel.ch you can find all sorts of ways to serve worship and learn together